This week on the Rockman Power Hour, we are joined by one of the stars of The Monster Squad. Hey, what's going on? And welcome back to the Rockman Power Hour, a podcast where we talk to the most interesting people in the world of pop culture, film, music, and everything in between. Uh, I would love to say that I do this all by myself because it's the Rockman Power Hour, but it's pretty much the Rockman Stick Kajerski Power Hour, which we're looking at changing the name, but I don't know. What do you think, Ryan? That is the most terrible mix of our names I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I'm joined First by my <laughs> Rock Stick sounds cool. But Rockstick Gadurski sounds like something that the Swedish chef would say on uh, yeah. The Muppet Show. So thanks for joining us on the Rockman Power Hour. Ryan, uh, you're excited about this one, and so am I, because you recently turned me into a big, big fan of The Monster Squad. And this is because I knew you loved this movie, um, but yeah. I had never gotten to see it because no one had a copy of it. Yeah. Um, and you were nice enough to order me this copy um, when Kino Lorber put the 4K out for pre-order so you pre-ordered this this was my birthday present and um you and melissa came over and watched this with julia and i and uh, we i got to experience monster squad kind of like you got to watch dune with me for the first time um we got to watch monster squad together for the first time for me and i loved this movie and i remember we had gotten a chance to talk to andre briefly when uh, his documentary wolfman got nards came out during the pandemic because we were doing um something for we were doing stuff for Montreal Comic-Con for all the Comic-Cons yeah. yeah. to help, you know, to help keep people inter entertained and stuff. And Andre came on and talked about his documentary, which was great, but I hadn't seen the movie. So I was like, oh, okay, everyone talks about this movie. Dude, not only is this a great movie that totally lost, just got lost in the shuffle of pop culture in the eighties, but the documentary Wolfman got nards, which I had seen before the movie is great. Um, but I get it now because I saw the movie and I totally understand what happens when you see this movie. You become a fan and you yeah, want to, and you want to carry the torch for it. You become a fan. It's kind of like when you like a band that no one else knows mm -hmm. at the same time, but at the same time, it, it, it you want it to sell out. <laughs> you want yeah. it to be like, Hey, wait a second. Everybody should know this band. You, you want yeah. it to be this thing where everybody yeah. loves it. You know? Yeah. I don't want to keep it in a closet all by myself. I actually just want to be able to engage in conversation with more people about it, especially when they claim to be horror and monster fans. And then when they don't hear about this movie and they love Dracula and Frankenstein, it leaves your head scratching. You're like, wait a second. Yeah. You can have a soup of everything you like all at once. But yet at the same time, you, you're just too goony loyal. It's, it's, it's really, really, um, yeah, goony loyal. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a great movie. Um, I think that the, the folks over at Kino have, have done a beautiful transfer of Monster Squad. Everybody that I know that loves the movie that's seen this transfer has said, has said I mean, it's, it's never looked better, but it's a great movie. And I'm, I'm really grateful that I've gotten to see it, become a fan. And, Nobody knows this movie and can talk about this movie or could talk to this movie better than our guest this week, Andre Gower. I mean, this guy is, he's, he's literally part of the monster squad. And it, 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 the fact that we're going to have him on today, I know you're super excited about this because you love him, but I'm super excited because 
I, I loved him too. I just thought he was wonderful. Just a really, 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 really nice guy. Um, but before we go too far, we have to uh, thank our friends over at Heartbeat Hot Sauce, the heartbeat of the Rockman Power Hour. Check them out over at heartbeathotsauce.com. Um, use our promo code ROCKMAN20 and you'll get 20% off your entire order. That stuff, dude, will burn. That is wonderful. And the way you can tell is if you turn that around, Ryan, what does it mm. say on the old uh, spice-a-meter? Oh, uh, well, I have bad eyes, so um, lots. Yeah, it's. I think yeah. that's a hot, extra hot. Very that's, yeah, that's, Very. that's a, that's a great one. So, um, and that's, what's great about their stuff. They have this little meter on the back that'll tell you how hot it is. So here we're, we're looking at, oh, I okay, know yeah, that is up, that is up there. Yeah. That we're looking up. at a mile to uh mile to medium in the, uh, in the, in the jalapeno, but that one, dude, that, that, that Pari one is hot. So, um, mm. there's something for everyone. Rockman, um, Rockman 20 is your promo code. You get 20% off. And thanks to our friends over at studio house designs. Um, you have got the lost boy shirt. Love it. And it's a nice tongue-in-cheek to have that on when we're talking about Monster Squad. Yeah, because this is the movie that helped kill it at the box office because <laughs> everybody was into sexy teen vampires uh, at this point. So yeah. when Dracula shows up in a hearse and like a suit, they're like, ah, we like our vampires to be mopey and, and disturbed and, and dangerous and sexy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a great shirt from Studio House Designs, and uh, I'm rocking the Blair Witch. They dro- the Blair Witch drop that they did was really, really cool. I love these subtle um, prints that they do on the pocket side, you know, the breast pocket subtle um, back is like this crazy poster, but uh, check them out, studiohousedesigns.com. Okay, let's not talk too much because this is a long interview, but it's a great one. A monster-sized interview. It is a monster-sized interview for a monster-sized movie, and uh, Andre Gower is just wonderful. So check this out. Our chat with Andre Gower from Monster Squad and director of Wolfman Gotten Arts. So I'm going to set the table here. Um, first of all, thanks for joining us tonight. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, out of the, I want to just be really um, transparent out of the gate. I had not seen this movie until Ryan gifted me the new 4K version that Kino Lorber put out for my birthday, which I was Mm -hmm. very excited to get because I was going to pre-order it. Um, I waited and then the day of release, it was fucking sold out everywhere. I went to look like literally it sold out at unobstructed view. It sold out at uh, like all the, all the regular haunts for me, where by physical media was gone. And Ryan's like, well, I've got good news. I'm like, what? He goes, I bought three copies and one's for you. I'm like, yes. So I finally got to see this over the holidays and, um, what was great about it was that I got to see it with Ryan and Melissa and mm. my wife who are big fans of the movie. So I went in, I don't want to say I went in blind, but I went in knowing that for them, it was a huge, huge part of their childhood. It was a really, really important movie. And I was like, man, I hope this doesn't fucking suck. And I know it's always the pressure, right? You're especially we're right there. And we're like, I don't want to make them cry by blowing up. I mean, like, you, but you man, I, I, I really, really enjoyed the movie. Like I couldn't believe how much I enjoyed the movie and to the point where I was like, why was this fucking movie not more popular? And then of course, from doing research before, you know, knowing about your documentary and, and, and seeing your documentary, which is kind of weird because I saw the doc before I saw the movie. (laughs) Um, I realized that this movie is a cult classic and like many cult classics, they just developed this fan base. And the reasons why the original movie didn't do well, don't make sense. It, It doesn't add up. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because they, they have something that's even cooler than box office success. They have real cred. 
And this movie has exactly that. I, 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 not only did I like the movie, I thought the transfer that Kino did, I don't know if you've seen the 4k transfer of the movie, but it's, I haven't seen it yet. Everybody's been saying it's really good. It looks incredible. It looks yeah. incredible. And, uh, and what a great movie. Like what a fun, <laughs> fun movie. It is. It, it, uh, you know, and this is, um, <clears throat> it, this is just kind of, you know, another instance, uh, that, you know, someone comes in whenever, right. Ryan mm-hmm. that hasn't seen it. And then, I don't want to say says the same thing because it's not the same thing. They say similar things, but their experiences are singular and different and it hits for different reasons for different right. people, uh, whether it holds up or it, someone connects with a character or something like that. Uh, but what's interesting is, is we get even longer in the space of the time that it actually came out and we all get older, especially yeah. me, uh, to find what connects and, and, and what kind of, um, you know, makes it work for somebody uh, it kind of stays the same, but then some things change. It kind of changes over time, uh, which just means that I think it evolves. Yeah, because the either the themes, the characters, the, 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 the every I think everything's either an actual archetype or someone can create an archetype for themselves in what they're seeing or hearing or, or you know whatever it is. And you know, over these years. You know, I've had so many, I would say we, because it's almost like a collective experience with us and the cast that we went through and all that stuff. But, yeah. um, you know, I, we have, you know, really heard so many different type of reasons why someone likes it or how they connected to it or why it's still a thing and why, why it can still be enjoyable today. And I think it's all those things combined and it's just really, really interesting. So it's, uh, you know, it's always kind of neat to talk about it. Um, something that I find fascinating, especially, you know, show, showing it to Rockman is almost kind of like, cause to me and Melissa, both of our families separate, she's four and a half years older than me and, uh, you know, lived across the city, but somehow found it when she would go visit her cousins who live like, you know, in the con in, out in the country. And, right. uh, I, I discovered it because we have a video store called movie land that just, had cool shit back in the day there was this urgency to go see something in the theater now of course i did not see monster squad in the theater but i must have run that rental video i must have almost broke it based on how the the rewinding i've done on that thing and uh you know it i got i gotta say like uh jason's a big advocate of physical media and we're here to talk about the 4k transfer What's interesting about this, folks, who's ever listening or watching this right now, is there was no Blu-ray release of the Monster Squad. There's this wonderful DVD, and then it skipped Blu-ray technically, and now it's on 4K, and now the Monster Squad Blu-ray is included in this, and your documentary, and all those features from that fucking awesome DVD, too. So, like, really, it, it was like 50 Canadian dollars, and it was like the best purchase i've ever made and it makes me it's on display in the house it's so (laughs) fucking important to us and um i gotta say what's what's awesome is that your documentary Mm. man's got nards is no longer kind of just something you did but now part of its release now it's one in the same how did they approach you to be like hey your your documentary is fucking beautiful it honored the fandom of monster squad but instead of like you know making it some extra thing someone has to chase for, we're going to make you a fucking special feature. When does that happen? Um, 
actually not that long ago, which is weird. Um, it was a very last minute thing. Um, Get the, the, kind of, the kind of elevator version of it is there was some kind of discussion about it back in okay. early, early summer. Yeah. Uh, but not with me. It, it had been mentioned. Um, there had been a little drip of info from inside. When you know these people like inside baseball, you know, that sure. work at Kino or, or, or yeah. do, you know, special features for Kino, something like you hear that, Hey, Kino Homer is going to put out a 4K release of Monster Squad. And everybody's like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> and, um, they're like, Oh, well, that's kind of interesting. And then I always am like, do we need it for it? Oh, I can't. Yeah, maybe. I guess there's, I bet you a lot of people would like it, uh, as long as it turns out well. So I was like, okay. And then, there was a little bit of discussion about, hey, you should uh, talk with, uh, you know, talk with them and, and discuss the documentary because the documentary had been out for a while. Mm. And whether everybody knows the backstory of the release of the documentary or not, you know, we had this kind of big, um, I don't know if it was a, it wasn't a speed bump. It was, it was almost like, you know, you hear these stories in Florida where there's like a sinkhole and like you're riding and then just cars disappear into the quicksand. Uh, that's sort of what happened uh, with the release of, of the documentary prior to the actual release. Cause we, we'd actually had this giant acquisition by a really cool company that was uh, really gung ho about, you know, blasting this documentary out and, and really taking it um, to town. And it just so happened to be that was happening uh, in the fall of 19 and crossed over into the new year of 2020. And um, then this uh, the COVID thing started uh, being, yeah. and then something got messed up. And, and honestly, I'm not sitting cause I won't say any names, but um, apparently the problem was a certain individual who happened to be um, uh, in a position that rhymes with sales agent of the documentary uh, okay. had not, seen the completed email with the agreement and the, the finalized contract and all that. And then it just, the, the whole deal died. And then we had up finding another dis distributor late in the middle of this beginning of this pandemic thing that no one knew what was going on. So we lost this giant deal. That was a big push. So we kind of had to put the movie out basically on our own. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we had a great little push had a great publicist, Brittany Sandler, and um, we did some cool stuff and, uh, I think, I mean, we may have even talked, you know, yeah, we, we Ryan, to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, and then it just kind of went out there. It kind of had a nice little pop and then it just lives where it lives. Right. And which is a little, dis you know, it's a little, it's great because it's out there. Look, you, you make something nice and people like it. And the ones that give a shit, they give a shit and, uh, they, they have it and they, and they own it. And, but one thing that the distributor that we ended up doing a deal with at the time uh, had no interest in physical. Okay. Okay. And they just don't in their titles. And, um, that's just not their thing. They have another mm -hmm. thing like that, that, that they concentrate on. And, you know, it was caught in this time. That was kind of a, a, a 20, 2020, 2021 wasn't a, wasn't a good 12 months No, and, uh, <laughs> or wasn't a great 12 months. And, uh, you know, for anybody, but especially me personally, I'm not trying to make it about me, but a lot of shit went down in that year yeah. that, um, that, uh, it ended up in a, in a crazy place. But the whole time I thought about it, I was like, you, you're not interested in physical media. And I'm telling this backstory because I'm going to yeah. drop a little tidbit and then I'm yeah. going to hit you with something that you'll both like. No, no, please. Um, and during this whole kind of delivery process for the previous acquisition deal that we had, um, Henry and, and Henry McComas, who, I'm, who is the 
main driving force behind what you see with the doc. He's just amazing. And um, he just made his first feature for uh, uh, as a Tubi original up, up, up in your neck of the woods, right? He was in Canada for that. And uh, nice. they, um, anyway, Henry's amazing. And he's the reason that we have what you see with Wolfman and Wes and I, and, and, and all of the people at Pilgrim media group on the delivery side, were delivering the movie to this original company that was acquiring, acquiring it. And one of the things that we did for the 10, 11 months that we were shooting is we had a lot of extra fun footage and a lot of cool stuff that we did. Little uh, shorts, little gags, uh, you know, there's a music video <laughs> and um, extended, you know, we have hours and hours and hours of uh, inter- extra interviews and things like that, that aren't in the final cut. Right. And so we took about two weeks or three weeks um, and really polished 60 minutes of extra features. Okay. And then a couple, couple weeks later, a couple months later, that deal didn't happen. We ended up, you know, six, seven, eight months later with a different distributor who doesn't worry about physical media. And my first question was, do you know anything about Monster Squad and the Monster Squad fans? Yeah. You don't want to do something physical. Uh, and at the time, I thought I was like, okay, can we do a carve out where I do physical by myself? Right. And uh, they were not, they were not game for that. They're like, no, we have all the rights. And we're like, well, shit. And one of the things that, you know, with Wolfman, when it came out, you could order a DVD or a Blu-ray, but it was on like the Amazon video services thing, like on demand order. It wasn't an on demand digital thing. It was a, I want a Blu-ray. So they press one and then they print out to cover art and they mail it to you. Right. And whether you get a good print of the, movie or the cover art, you know, that's up to the dice. And some people liked it. Some people had problems with it. They returned it. They replaced it. But, you know, it just didn't do that because they were like, I'm a Monster Squad fan. I want something that I really, really like. Yeah. Yeah. So we kind of missed that window and there wasn't really anything to do. So fast forward to this last summer and this keynote thing is coming up. And to speed up the long story, uh, I ended up in in a conversation uh, with the keynote folks and they said, hey, here's what we're doing. We are putting together a 4K remaster of Monster Squad that we want to release in November. And then everybody goes, why not October? Does anybody know Monster Squad fans? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. But uh, I, I think, you know, they, anyway, they, have, they know what they're doing. And, and there was this really short time window anyway. And they had put together, I didn't, he had kind of explained what they were putting together. Like, we're going to add some old stuff. We're going to kind of clean up some of the things that we had in the 2007 DVD release and the subsequent stuff. Um, but I really like your documentary. And what I'd like to do is add that as a bonus disc in this release. Um, and I was like, well, that's fantastic idea and be kind of neat for people that don't have it with physical that will buy, they'll, they'll get something. And luckily in the midst of the, um, so then we had to go into a whole thing with carving out the rice and, and doing a deal. So we got that all squared away. Uh, in, but it, we ended up doing that very quickly because on the phone call, uh, I said, well, that's neat. I have to make about two, three phone calls, get some people geared up, get it going. You know, it, it takes a process to deliver a movie, you know, for distribution. There's some tech specs and, yeah. and some cleanup and some audio, just make sure everything matches what they're trying to do. And I said, okay, you're putting this in when this is like mid, mid August. <laughs> wow. When, that's really quick. I was like, this is mid August. I said, when, um, 
when do you need delivery <laughs> or when do you need all this done and to you? He goes, but next week. <laughs> and I said, dude, I don't know if I'm going to get them to call me back by next week. My studio wow. partner and everybody that's working on it. Anyway, we, we turned it around very, very quickly, got the paperwork done, which was the first thing that had to be uh, handled with, uh, uh, you know, contracts and agreements and the, and, and the lawyers. And then the, the, you know, the tech folks got on it and we, we, you know, we had the thing that was basically ready to deliver anyway. Mm. So we got it to them very quickly and they were able to add it to this uh, 4k release that came out in November that everybody went wild about and sold out and you can't get it. It's just like yeah. the, it was just like the 2007 DVD release. It's like, Hey, monster squad out of print again. You can't have it. Um, and I know. I know. But I thought 2007 it's out of print. Yeah. Again, so it's hard to get this awesome, you know, Kino Lorber. And he was telling me a couple of things that they were going to do, which I thought was going to be neat. And they came out and I'm blown away by it. I think it's really neat. Yeah. But during that conversation, um, I believe I'm allowed to talk about it now. Uh, if I'm not, then they can watch your show and then call me. Um, <laughs> I had mentioned that 60 minutes of bonus features. And he said, I didn't know you had that. I said, nobody does. <laughs> And he said, well, now this is what I want to do. Uh, and this isn't an official announcement. This is the, the plan in progress. He said, I want to add Monster Squad to this 4K release that everybody, um, that is now we've talked about. Right. Uh, they just don't know this is part of it. It'll sort of be, you know, kind of, we'll, we'll announce it, you know, when we do kind of like the product drop. And then after that 4K release, um, I'd like to release Wolfman's Got Nards as a standalone special release with the extra speech, with the extra oh, with Kino, with Kino. That's great because Kino. Well, I was going to say that's great because Ryan knows, like you know, there's a handful of players right now that are doing physical media right, and Kino are one of them. Especially since they do, like I, I almost pick up all their 4K transfers because they're just amazing. Like they they did one recently for To Live and Die in L.A. Mm. and it's just it blows my mind. Oh, right, That'd be and cool to see. they do some of the best stuff right now. So the fact that you got bundled in with this and that they're interested enough to do Wolfman on its own yeah. with extra foot. I think it's amazing. Yeah. And what, what that's going to, even though it's late in the game, but you know, it's kind of a Kino cool release. Um, and it, you know, some of these fans that uh, the fans were going to buy this 4k release anyway, mm. <laughs> whether it yeah. had Wolfman or not, uh, yeah. it's just an, that's just sort of like a perk. Because uh, they don't have it physically, and they got a really good. Tra- I think the doc actually looks good on this disc. That the, you know, it's it's a good, it uh, great. It's a good version for the documentary. Because um, it's very interesting, you know, when, if if people that are listening or watching don't know, it's not. There's a lot that goes into making a film or a music video or anything, especially with anything video and audio combined. And there's a lot of technical shit that goes oh, on. Yeah. Yeah. And just because you do it right, either in camera or in the microphone or in post, doesn't mean it's going to be right when you show it. No. And that ranges from what the projector bulb in a theater is doing. Uh, do you have to color correct for a certain type of DCP player in a chain of theaters? Uh, you know, are your blacks crunched or, you know, you know, like right now in this, I don't know what's looking on your end, but at my end, my, I look a little crunched in here because it's a little kind of dark, but I've got some weird lighting in this room that I try to highlight some, some cool stuff. But um we went through a lot of technical stuff just to festival this movie and then deliver it you know, to the distributor to get out on streaming and digital. And then you worry about when it comes out on, you know, uh, this keynote release or something. But I, I think it looks, everybody says it looks and sounds great. 
Uh, and hopefully, you know, I, I think, like I said, they do a good job making sure they don't just rip something out and put it on a, you know, on a digital shelf to ship to you uh, without taking some, some time and, and some attention to it. And so that's really, really cool. And, you know, that's going to be really neat to kind of see, uh, you know, if, like I said, we're in the process of, of, of making that happen. Um, the paperwork's done. It's supposed to it's supposed to be a thing. This isn't an announcement, but that's what we're supposed to be doing. Great. Um, and then, you know, hey, I'll come back and we'll hang out. And we'll talk about that. Real <laughs> <and stuff. laughs> um, yeah, dude. <laughs> it's funny, too, because um, we um, I don't know if you're familiar with RKSS, but they did Turbo Kid. Um, oh, no, so, I, I love all yeah. of them. They're some, some of my favorite people when I see them on the road. Yeah. Amazing people. Um, so when they did Summer of 84, um, it was the same thing. Summer of 84 didn't have an official Blu-ray release, but it had a theatrical release. And, and mm-hmm. then it kind of went to streaming, but there was no physical. So they burned off. They just burned CDs, you know, burned discs yeah. themselves. And then Vinegar Syndrome grabs it and puts yeah. it a proper release with, yeah. the, you know, the way Vinegar Syndrome does stuff, which is just yeah. beautiful. And it's fucking gone. So – Again, yeah. it makes me say physical media is very much alive and well with the collectors and they want, Hey, you would have put this in, if you would have put this in an arrow video type release with, you know, a hard box and a 200 page booklet, it, it would have been eaten up as well. So it was just great to see that monster squad got the respect it deserved and being a first time person to it, um, never have seen it any other way. Yeah. I was like, I just watched it and I was like, this movie looks phenomenal. And I kept looking at Ryan. I'm like, does this look good? And he's like, dude, yeah. no, dude, I've never seen it look good. And then, you know, like, oh, that lightning and all his teeth and all his skin. It's like the whole thing just, they knocked it in the park. Yeah. I'm looking forward to um, <clears throat> getting a copy for myself. Yeah. Um, I, hope you, I, hope you, uh, I hope you get a slip cover. I think I can call. Uh, the slip cover, the slip covers are the free, like, the first they one. are, and what's great if you notice, and I'm sure you know, if, you know, Ryan's seen this, but you know, maybe Robin mm-hmm. doesn't know, because um, he was telling me this, you know, m- months ago prior to the release that they were, you know, it's always cool when they do a, a release and they do their own cover art or you know, alter cover art. And it, what's great about the main cover art there is they chose a version that someone had made. Wow, they tweaked it, and uh, Ashley on the actual cover art. Because the you know in the original Monster Squad theatrical movie poster, which is also the VHS cover, and you know the insert on the 2007 uh, Lionsgate DVD, uh, yeah. the 20th anniversary, uh, the the actual movie poster is really cool and very iconic. And you know, yeah. I mean, I've signed a million of them. You know, they're big collector's pieces. The hero of the movie is not on the movie poster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Phoebe is not on the poster and it's all because she wasn't able to come to the photo shoot where we sat on a car in a parking garage and took that photo for the plate (laughs) to do it. But see, but I never understood at the time in 87 was that's not a photo. That's a plate that they animate, digitize and, you know, do and artistically render. You could have taken a photo and put her on it. Put her in there. Yeah, of course. (laughs) They just never added Phoebe, who is ultimately the hero of the movie. So not only is she on this, because yeah. even internationally, the only poster she was ever on was the Australian poster. <laughs> and um, But so the Kino did their own art on this one, yeah. and Phoebe's on there. They also, if you have the insert of the original poster, so she's in that one, which is great. Yeah. But also I think on the inside of the actual box set or where the discs are, um, they have the original movie poster somewhere. Mm-hmm. If you've got that version, um, no, 
Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. On the back. So this is what they usually do is they do this. Right. So, and if you notice, that's the original movie poster. Right. And now, now Phoebe is on it. That's that's so cool because you've been, uh, you, I've interviewed you before during the pandemic. Thank you very much. Uh, you, uh, I, I'm always so excited every time you're on a show or every time I pitch you as an interviewee to somebody, I might do this guy is a Kevin Smith storyteller, a wealth of knowledge, and he'll have you sitting on the edge of your seat and he could be talking to you about like, I don't know, a taco and you'd be like, holy shit, this taco is <laughs> fucking fascinating. Um, so, something, uh, Melissa, Melissa was actually just on the side of me before and she definitely says hello. hello. Um, Wolfman's got nards, everybody listening out there. Uh, if you've seen Monster Squad a hundred times, the best thing about this 4K, once again, you get Wolfman's got nards too. The the fact that's made in Canada for all the Canadian fans, we have a lot of Canadian fans. Mm. The fact that you're getting two feature length films in their own right, because Wolfman's got nards, as we all know, stand alone. What a bang for your buck, especially if you love physical media and want to keep it alive. But also at the same time, I buy physical media so I can lend it sometimes. Yeah. And or even gift it to people like sharing that with you, Jason was a beautiful thing because we weren't just streaming it or bootlegging it. Like I, I remember vividly the day I bought the DVD too. Um, both and shout out to my, one of my best buds, Jason Boudreaux. Like we were in line at the DVD store, <laughs> like half an hour before it opened. No one else was there, but we were just so jet. We were just so excited. Very similar to Howard the duck, like a movie that just doesn't get its love. But you know, when you love it, you love it. But um, we know so many – sorry sorry for going on and on and on, but I'm excited you're here, man. Um, we know so many people that are in love with this movie, including Benner, who is uh, part of Black Fonts Distro, a great show on YouTube. And uh, we were talking. We had just had a live show, and he was a guest on it, and he mentions that he thinks Monster Squad is a way better movie than The Goonies. Now, this comparison has existed since the beginning of time, but Ryan Lambert, fa- who famously plays Rudy, has a very funny comparison to it correct like where uh monster squad is better and why well it's uh it's something that that you know we came up with sort of you know backstage of you know a lot of things that we do <laughs> you know q a's or conventions or screenings and things and uh it always comes up you know it's always sort of this goonies versus monster squad and squad, yeah you know I, I even did the fantastic debates at fantastic fest with uh uh, Anik Mahert, who's, you know, is an awesome producer and, 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 and film festival programmer. And she's a big Goonies fan. And I was representing Monster Squad and, uh, I thought I won the debate, but, um, <laughs> you know, so it started even way, way, way back that I, I don't, I think there's similarities, but they're very different movies. Yeah. And so I, I kind of kind of take the, uh, the academic route when I compare the two, but if we're going to have fun with it and we go back, um, you know, we came up with the, you know, the, look, I always preface it. Goonies is great. Goonies fans are awesome. We have crossovers. Some sure. some are just in different camps. It's sort of, you know, socias and the greasers. But um, <laughs> the, uh, the uh, look, the, the, the Goonies are great at saving the neighborhood from a developer. <laughs> um, the Shots Monster Squad. Fired. Uh, the, wow. the Monster Squad saved the world from fucking Dracula. <laughs> right, exactly. A little bit uh, that, more. That yeah. was Ryan's kind of a follow up. You know, I would set it up, he would knock it out of the park, and everybody gets great boot. Because uh, it's a very, very captive audience. If you were in a theater with 
150 monsters by fans, you're going to get the the cheers on that one. That's but, amazing. <laughs> you know, look, Goonies is a huge hit, and it's a you know it's an icon and it's a staple, mm-hmm. and everybody's amazing in that movie. And then look at you know the you know the breadth of work that everybody that of course was was in Goonies. Look, I auditioned for Goonies. It was you know. It's, you know, every, it's every, and all of them audition for Monster Squad. It's all the same thing. It's a very small group. And, you know, I, I, the main difference, if we get academic about it, I'll, you know, I'll let the, 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 the crash shots fired Wayne and Peter out. But, um, <laughs> look, you know, Goonies is, it's fun. People love it. They connected with it. They thought it was a great, you know, kitty romp, you know, through the caves looking for a pirate ship. And then being chased by like the Pizza Brothers, um, you know, okay, it's great, it's great. Uh, we have a body count, yeah, yeah. And, and it's not small. <laughs> it's like there's yeah. literally a body. There's there's a lot of dead people in Monster Squad. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Like, you know, where Monster Squad is, yeah, it's a kids' adventure movie. Yes, Goonies is a kids' adventure movie only. Mm. Monster Squad is a kids' adventure movie. It's a horror comedy. It's a straight up creature feature. It's a straight up monster horror, you know, monster killing people left and right heads smashed, necks crushed, you know, uh, you know, people blowing up in a car, you know, there's, there's a lot going on there. That's not really comparable to what goes on in the Goonies. (laughs) Right. True. Very true. Very true. It's got a lot more edge to it and it's a little bit more, well, it's a little more well-rounded. It does. Now, um, I think there's some reasons for that, of course, just, you know, from the original concepts and the stories and the writing is where it all kind of, uh, you know, stems from. And, you know, when you, I think when you go back and watch Goonies now, it's still fun because you connect with that time. Um, I don't know if it holds up as well with the same things that we started out talking about, like the themes or the archetypes or the characters or the sense of belonging in a group or things like that. And we've been talking about this, you know, for, you know, 20 years now, almost, you know, and, uh, and I think it starts with the writing and the character development and things like that. And normally, you know, let's say in the mid eighties, uh, if you're writing, there wasn't a lot of stuff for kids. There's very few kid driven features, let alone anything, you know, not much on television. We're not to the nineties yet. (laughs) You know, we're not, uh, you know, Nickelodeon and, and, you know, Disney family channel and stuff like that. And so kids were always kind of like written down to, Mm-hmm, or talked mm-hmm. down to, or they're just kind of, you know, whatever. Or their plot, or their plot devices it, that the adults need to go save and solve everything. Right. And it, and, and really, it was so much more opposite of that in the original kind of uh, drafts of Monsters. One. It was like the parents, the, the adults don't know what the hell's going on, and they're all missing out because right, we can't right. get, we can't convince them that it's going on, and we have to, you know, we have to step up. But I think, you know, if you go back to the mid eighties, I think the main reason, like I said, is, is the writing and, and the creation of these stories and these people and these characters. Um, if you take something like Goonies, look who writes the Goonies and look who writes most stuff for kids in a big studio feature. It's usually 45, 50 year old dudes right? Yeah. that haven't been 13 years old in a really long, a long time. time. Yeah. 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 And then they're going to really be stereotypical or have, you know, something that doesn't last or doesn't, you know, play well 20, 30 years later. Monster Squad was written by two dudes that were 13 just a few years ago. <laughs> when you really shake it up, you know, it was written yeah. by you know young 20 somethings. Sure. Yeah. So the they're a lot more closer to it. Yeah. And that comes through. And I think that's really the beginning of the reason that it, 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 it lasts and actually connected with the real live kids watching it on the screen 
or renting it from the you know video store, right? Like you know every Friday until the tape ran out, uh, or you just stole the videotape and um, kept it, and uh, and then you your mom's credit card owned a movie license, um, and then and I think that's really kind of what makes the big difference in comparing Monster Squad to almost anything else, because um, who doesn't love kid group adventure movies? Because we all want to do that. We went out in our backyards and did that. Now we see it on the big screen and then I got to make a movie. We got to do it. So I got all of that. Um, but not all of them kind of hit the same and not all of them last. Um, and look, my, my two favorite kids adventure movie, the eighties, it's monster squads. You know, I don't vote for ourselves, but, um, there are great stories and some, some hold up and some don't. It just depends on the writing the archetypes, the themes, and the connective tissue that, uh, what it means. And that's why Stand By Me is a fantastic movie. Sure. Now, Amazing. I- I'm going to bring up something now, which really made a lot of sense to me after I watched it. Because, you know, when people watch Stranger Things, there's comparisons that they make to a lot of the 80s stuff. Mm-hmm. To me, when I watch what happens in Stranger Things, the comparisons are a lot stronger to what's going on in Monster Squad. Because... The kids are date taking care of the shit. There's body count. There's real violence. And it's super multifaceted. So mm-hmm. to me, Monster Squad is almost like a blueprint for Stranger Things. And I think don't think you yeah, I don't think you'd be the only one that would uh, uh, ascertain that. Yeah. Uh, so a little funny anecdote making when we're making Wolfman or Wolfman. Wolfman. Yeah. Um there was a a sh- I don't want to say the short list, but there was a list of individuals and, and people and creatives and, and names that I knew that I would love to try to get on camera to talk about the impact of Monster Squad, the impact of fandom, the impact of nostalgia, the impact of, you know, cult status, things like that. Mm. And, um, you know, a, a lot of them we got, some we got surprised and able to come across. And then, you know, there's, there, there's one or two or three that I didn't get on camera because of scheduling or just didn't work out. But on the main list at the beginning, uh, because Stranger Things had just sort of blown up the universe. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, uh, the Duffer Brothers are really cool because they've made this really thing that's kind of blown up on Netflix. And it's I've seen it, and it, it smells and feels a little bit like you yeah. know, kind of Monster Squad escort that there's a little tinge to it, or like they're like Hey, you know, we're going to do that. And then there's, I think there's some direct lifts. <laughs> there's like, there's in season one, there's definitely some literal direct lifts. If you look at it from that biased opinion. Right. So we had, uh, you know, our researcher and one of our assistant producers, you know, as we're reaching out, as we're making this movie on the road for so long, reach out to, um, the Duffer brothers okay. and who, who, are, who ironically are from, uh, North Carolina and, 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 and grew up and lived not far from where I've spent many, many years. Cause my second home is in North Carolina and Raleigh, you know, triangle area, things like that. So I was like, Hey, I have a connection with these guys. I know where they went to high school, you know, something yeah. like that. And uh, then they're going to hang out with me and be my friend. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it, what's interesting when you're making a documentary about something that either someone knows everything about or nothing about the, the hardest thing to do, if you don't have that personal connect to them, um, managers and agents, oh. Documentary, yeah, yeah, because uh, there's no commission there, yeah, right? There's, yeah, there's nothing yeah. that, and it does not can help their client. Um, I've ran into a bunch of friends that I know that we called their people because I didn't have a direct. I'm like, God damn it, you should have called me directly. Um, uh, and I was like, Well, because reps are great, but reps suck sometimes, anyway. So, the question 
trying to reach the Duffer brothers who I don't have a personal connect with. I don't even have like a one-off. I was trying to get like Ryan from Blumhouse to kind of reach out and connect and do the whole, you know, kind of industry thing. And the initial correspondence, and I don't even remember where they're repped at at the time. It may change, but they said, uh, Oh, you're doing what about, huh? Okay. Well, I'll contact my client. And, and so I don't know how long back, I'm not handling these phone calls, which may have been one of the problems, but you know, the, <laughs> the, the communication came back with a return call and it said, okay, yeah, I've talked to my, uh, I have uh, reached out to my clients and um, they've never seen the monster squad. And so they don't think they should be talking about it. And um, we were all kind of, kind of just paused and we're like, okay, that's, have they seen their own show? <laughs> that's, that's really weird. We, and of course we're assuming, right. We're making these assumptions, mm-hmm. which we all know what happens there. So I said, all right, uh, I don't necessarily believe like until I meet one of the Duffer brothers and they go, you know what? I've never seen it. I'll, I'm going to hold it in my sure. pocket for a little bit that I'm not taking this. Yeah, yeah, of course. So we had to go with that. We didn't get them because we thought it would be a great through line at the time. This was 2016, 2017, making a documentary about Monster Squad and uh, Stranger Things is the biggest thing on the planet at this time, you know, season one. Oh, yeah. And, mm. and so I kind of, over time, had to just get used to the fact that that was reality and we're not going to get these two cool dudes to, you know, talk about their show in our documentary and the influences that may or may not have occurred or maybe even the coincidences because that would be even more fun. And um, But then I realized that... Uh, uh, Ryan Lambert had put me onto a, an interview that they did. We were talking in some publication, and they—they're they, actually a lot younger mm. uh, th- th- than I am, and so of the time. So they missed the era, but it doesn't mean they didn't—you know—couldn't have seen great stuff at the time. Sure. And Stranger Things, you know, they're talking about like, hey, we wanted to make a show that kind of felt like touched on all the things that we grew up liking, and we were assuming they were sort of like the same and all in the same era, but they were a little bit younger, so they saw like ET on DVD or something, you know, it's yeah, like they saw, yeah. you know, and so it may have, so I was like, okay, that may be an awesome. There. Yeah, of course. Um, and so, okay, I will like, again, until I hang out with them and have iced tea in the afternoon and they say, yeah, I've never seen it. I'm still not going <laughs> to take it as truth, but uh, I will, I will give it a, a benefit of the doubt, but their writers sure have seen Monster <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so there, there's um, a difference there. You forget that there's a writing room on big shows. And um, so, you know, they, and, and they were talking about how they just wanted to create a show that brought in all these cool things that of this era of time that people were just starting to kind of revisit again. You know, this is eight years, you know, seven, seven, six, seven years ago, whenever Stranger Things dropped. All the kids are 40 now. So yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. We, we were just starting on the upswing of the eighties nostalgia kind of, uh, um, you know, chomping at the bit for that. Now we're we're dead in the middle of the nineties, right? If you walk outside and see what everybody's yeah. wearing and how kids yeah. are dressed. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, ooh, it's, yeah, it's, ooh. it's crazy. It's crazy. My it's daughter ooh. the other day was wearing these like big, big, big baggy jeans and I'm like, Giant. you look like the kids that would have come to my shows in ninety nine. <laughs> exactly. And um so you know we've swung there. So that was an interesting thing with them. But um there's been a lot of uh, comparisons to the two, and um, I've still never met them. I've never met anybody associated with the show. They've never called us to ask us to be in in the season. So I'm like, yeah, maybe they don't like us. <laughs> right. But, um, you know, speaking of Goonies, it's great to see someone like Sean Aston, you know, kind of touch on something and get to do something like Stranger Things. And, yeah. Um, you know, so that's 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 really cool that, um, that that still kind of threads through that small group because, you know, we're all part of that. 
it's like, it's like if you remember the Brat Pack, you know, um, you might right. have been like a bit of an offshoot, but you were still part of that. Like you might not have been in some of the big John Hughes movies, but even if you were in some kind of wonderful, you're <clears> still, you know, you're still part of that. You know what I mean? It, it is. And, you know, you have sort of these uh, eras or epochs of time, uh, mm-hmm. you know, when you're a younger actor and, uh, you know, when it counts or when it's cool or when it's cheesy. Um, and they kind of go in blocks of, you know, probably about four or five years. Yeah. And I was lucky enough to kind of kind of have a kind of stretch over into almost two epics, you know, uh, mm. early 80s ish. I was around because I was super young. But I actually worked a lot when I was very, very young. So I got to go to things and meet all these people that were right. the cool 16, 17, 18 year olds at the time. I've seen the pictures of you and Drew Barrymore. It's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, but that's right in the peak of my time when I was a, you know, 14, 15, 16 year old. So it's really weird because, you know, when you're 12, you're not going to be hanging out with 17 year olds. Right. If you're 30, you can hang out with a 35 year old. <laughs> it's like, it's not, but when you're teenagers, it doesn't really happen in crossover. It's just different crowds and different um, uh, access. But I got to be around all those early 80s, you know, kind of the, the, the brat pack, what they were called. And then we had our late 80s, you know, mid and late 80s, which I'm really kind of a part of that core. And I love it. I mean, who who wouldn't think back and go, not very many people got to be a part of that. Yeah. And, no you know, whether you're on a giant show or the biggest box office movie, we're all friends. We all auditioned the same stuff. We all read for the same roles. And we all grew up together because most of us started when we were five. So you're ready. Preparation met the opportunity. That's why you're so awesome when you're a teenager. <laughs> Most people think people just show up and they, they say, I was like, no, nah, people have been around a long time. There's very few overnight successes. And, um, and I, I love those stories as well. And, you know, so when you think back to your time, it really, mm. you know, so everybody loves Monster Squad and the show and the, and the movies and, and they go back to their nostalgia and their day of their kids and running around the neighborhood and their their girlfriends at the time or their best friends and running around in the woods or on their bikes. And I had those exact same type of regular kid history memories, but I also have this other existence in a world that zero, 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 one percent of, you know, humans got to experience with some really awesome people that some you don't hear from then some are giant stars. And it's cool to, you know, to, to be a part of that as well, because that's our little nugget of nostalgia that's only privy to us, you know, and, you know, I, you know, we try or I try to kind of bring as many people into that because they were part of that from the outside watching what we did. Right. And, um, I, you know, it's, it just, I, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of neat to think back and you have to appreciate it and, 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 and respect that a little bit. Most people make fun of it yeah, and, uh, or poke fun or, or clown it a little bit. And there's some comebacks that, uh, you know, that we've come up with that too. But like, I think just yesterday, uh, or well, a couple of weeks ago, Ryan Lambert and I did, um, one of our oldest, you know, bestest, most beautiful friends podcast, uh, Nicole Eggert and, um, who I've known since I was like five years old and she has a podcast with, with a buddy and we came, it was like Halloween time. So Ryan and I jumped on and we talked about monster squad and Halloween and their kids. And, uh, Nicole just, you know, got diagnosed with breast cancer, which is uh, super scary, um, for all, for, for her and for everybody. But just yesterday she had. Uh, Alyssa uh, Milano on her podcast. I'm scrolling through my Instagram feed and I, oh, there's Nicole. I was like, oh, wait, there's Alyssa. I'm like, oh, wait, this is like a Saturday afternoon in 1988. And and then you're sitting there and going, wait a minute, people don't realize these are two of the most gorgeous girls on the planet in, in a decade 
that, you know, we used to all be best friends with and hang out with. So I was like, I think I'm going to watch a little of this. For a bit. And uh, so it's really needed to be part of that era. It was, it was the long point I was trying to make. To, to touch on that, um, you know, Comic-Cons are, and, and, and shows and conventions all over the world are so popular now. And, you know, I know you, you've done shows before and you do them. Um, is it fun when you get to do a show and there's someone from that era that is appearing the same weekend and you guys get to connect and maybe go for oh, dinner yeah. or spend some time? It must be great. That must be like the best. It is because sometimes, you know, you repeat and you see some of the same folks. But then, you know, every once in a while you get to, you know, connect with someone that you don't get to see uh, on a regular basis or haven't seen in maybe 20, 30 years or something. And it's just fascinating. And then you got to think back and then tell stories and it's like, Hey, remember the time we came over and you jumped in the pool off the roof. And <laughs> so it's like, we're just dorky kids anyway. And, um, you know, it's just such an interesting period of time in general, but to be a part of a very small select group that got to do TV and film at, at the time. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, that we, we all, that's a, that's a small club. And so that's a, you know, that's kind of a, an interesting group, um, that, you know, in, in a bigger meta sense, that was a kid's adventure story as well, too. With, you know, just this small group of kids that did a majority of the work that got to do all this cool shit. And, um, you know, to watch people grow up and they continue to be who they are. And the thing that blows my mind about that era is, you know, there was no Internet, obviously. Mm -hmm. Anybody that's watching or listening, there was a time that there was no Internet. Mm -hmm. And um, back in the old days before... Before the dark times, the, before the empire. <laughs> this, this was before the empire. And um, to watch these, uh, you, you know, people grow up in this industry. But then, you know, we had the the media of the time was either kind of like tabloid stuff hmm. or teen magazines. Right. And so that was the big media to where like, okay, you're you're promoting something. You're on a new show. You're doing Win a Date with Andre Gower, uh, which we did dozens of times, which is just weird. It's like, can you do that now? That seems problematic. Yeah, it'd be a little you know, weird. People write fan letters and they have contests and all these, you know, well, there's probably what, eight or 10. I'm a 45 year old man, but I call yeah. myself Leslie. Right. Uh, <laughs> on, paper, I'm on paper, I'm 14. Yeah. It also happened back then, but it, it was technically there, but it was a little more innocent and, and genuine. But yeah. my favorite thing is when you go back and see some old photos, whether they're online or you actually have the magazine laying around or someone shows you an old article and there's a group of, you know, there's a group of people and you're like, okay. Um, and like one of them, I think is my birthday. I think I like my 15th birthday party or 13th birthday <laughs> party or something at this pizza place in, in, in LA, which is really cool. And, um, it, you know, it's all your friends. It's, uh, yeah. you know, Andre Gower's birthday party and like magazine time. It's like, here's Brian Green and David Faustino and Stacey Keenan and Alyssa Milano and Nicole Eggers, since we mentioned them and uh, newcomer Brad Pitt. Because <laughs> you know, Brad Pitt's older and he was around at that era, but he didn't do, he wasn't working a lot. Yeah. yeah. Right. And yet, and he was just sort of this tall, really good looking blonde kid that was sort of in the periphery in the background of all these group photos, but he was an older guy. And then there were some, there was, I don't want to say some weird issues, but there, he ended up dating like one of our friends and like they went off to live together for you. Know, like it was, it was really weird. Like, who's this guy? We know who this guy is. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and and newcomer Brad, it, it, my favorite, you know, in the caption is newcomer Brad Pitt or newcomer Heather Graham or, yeah. you know, newcomer. <laughs> sure, sure. And, um, and then there was a lot of times where you're in group photos of that time and, you know, you're good friends with all, you know, you're super good friends with a handful of people and then you're just pals and, and acquaintances and, and, you know, kind of like go around the corner and smooch 
with someone when you're 13 or something. And I look back and I looked at this photo years and years ago. I said, who is that next to Jenny Lewis? Who was one of my favorite music artists in the world. And I did a show with her when I was 10, but um, it was Carla Gugino as like a 12 year old. And I'm like, Oh yeah. <laughs> I forgot that she was, Oh my God. How cute has she been? She's gorgeous. No, she's gorgeous. Yeah, then right. I'm like, yeah. Oh my gosh. This is so weird to just kind of, you know, fill in gaps and, and, and update things all the time. And like I said, there's, there's some people you don't hear about and there's people that are the, the, the biggest stars of the day as we speak and uh, doing some awesome stuff. And um, it's just a neat time to be in it and, you know, to be a kid in, in, in the entertainment industry. And I just marvel at around all the, I grew up around some really, really talented people sure. that were my sure. contemporaries. And I feel very, very, uh, I have shortcomings when I compare myself to a lot of them because I can't sing. I don't, you know, I don't dance. I don't play three instruments. And a lot of people don't realize how multi-talented a lot of these people are. Of course, of course. Of course. Yeah. A lot of uh, what was it when they win like a Tony, an Oscar, like an Egon or something? An Egot, yeah, an Egot, Egot. Egot. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Andre, I I gotta ask you. Um, first of all, shout out to Matt Kelly, who is actually appears in Wolfman's God Nards in the beginning. If mm-hmm. there's going to be any extended special features, I want to see some Matt Kelly in there. Yeah, uh, I, I, there may be. I don't. I haven't seen. It. I don't know what they're going to pick and put in there. You know, the final cut of this uh, yeah. if they do it. But uh, yeah, an extended Matt Kelly thing would be cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Matt Kelly to everybody listening. He's a host of an amazing podcast called Horror Movie Nights, One Hit Wonders, and a uh, One Hit Thunder, and uh, so many other ones. Oh, and uh, and one about Weird Al songs called Wheel Weird Algorithm, which is great. Um, so people have appeared in, in Wolfman's Got Nards, but what is the celebrity that has come up to you and said, "Oh my God, I love the Monster Squad," and you're like, "You? Like, I, 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 I am amazed that someone as well known as you." Likes right. the film because for what's worth, Jason and I were in Niagara Falls at a Comic-Con last June and I struck up a conversation with uh, Damien who uh, directs Terrifier and he is a huge fucking Monster Squad fan. We must have talked about it for 40 minutes for 40 minutes. Okay. So, uh, yeah, yeah. He loves Monster Squad. Oh, so I got to um, get in touch with him and be in Terrifier 5. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. Uh, Damien, <laughs> is, Damien is amazing. He does those movies completely himself. He even does the special effects and makeup in it. Yeah. Like Hollywood came a knock and, and wanted to change the vision. And he's like, I'd rather take none of the money and keep it, you know, keep it real. Yeah. So right. like, like a Chappelle skit <laughs> when keeping it real goes right. right in this case. But what's a celebrity that's come up to you and you're just like, holy shit, you? That's amazing. Um, you know, There's probably a handful that have come up to me, which is the actual uh, question. And if I think of the really cool one that I'm kind of just like taken aback, like at a convention or a screening or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but over the time, like of other friends or other fans that are so, like, for some reason, like SNL has a big monster squad connect, like a bunch of SNL cast members are monster squad fans. So really? uh, I, I learned at one time that Bill Hader was a big monster squad fan. So like, I, 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 I sent him, uh, <laughs> like I signed the DVD and like sent it to his manager. I don't know if he ever got it. Okay. Uh, but it, you know, it was that dream of like, Hey man, it's Bill. Um, or Hey man, it's Bill. Uh, thanks for the DVD. <laughs> like you want to hang out and have lunch? I'll be like, yes. Uh, but, um, uh, 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 Keenan Thompson's a Monster Squad fan, yeah. uh, which is interesting because he's a little bit younger, but that's yeah. rad too. And I actually know like one of, uh, 
I ran into a, a connect randomly at a meeting with a, a friend of his business partner. And now he and I are friends, uh, Johnny, and uh, they're doing some cool stuff. They just launched a company and they're kind of like, Keenan's like the next, he's like, he's like the next guy. Like he's the multi guy. Like he's everywhere. Yeah. Right. And um, he's got his own show. He's got his own endorsements. He's got his own potty. He's got it. He goes around. He's the man now. So that that's kind of cool. And um, Taron Killian is a Monster Squad fan. And wow. I know I, I was segueing into Taron because uh, I don't know him personally. But I found out through someone I do know personally who's really good friends with Taron Killian. Uh, and it's someone that he's a huge name now. But back when he was new to town in the early 2000s, he was just uh, this tall, good-looking, you know, guy uh, who was a client of a friend of mine, who was okay. a manager. You know, you know, new blood in town. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, this good-looking guy, and we would all go out and and you know, as cool people do, and and have drinks on a Wednesday morning. I mean, you know, Friday nights, and. Um, you know, and go and hang out, you know, in LA all day. And a lot of times this guy lived on my side of town. So I would drive him home and where we'd get home, you know, I'd drop him off. And he was living in a little, you know, kind of shitty apartment, uh, you know, actually near Paramount, which is great. And uh, he was just a, a, a cool, but crazy dude at the time. And we, you know, spend late nights hanging out together. And I knew him for years. And then I left, I actually left LA in like 2005 and went to some other things for, for, for a while. <laughs> and this guy becomes like, Bigger than Davy Crockett, mm. and uh, I, I'm like, wow, that's a what a I've, I've watched this guy just become who he became over you know 10, 12 years, and I'm like, oh, that's really cool. I remember hanging out with him, you know, and just you know driving him home, and then we hang out in the afternoons, and because he's my friend's client, right? And it's Joe Manganiello. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so. Yeah, this is before he's like super ripped, like amazing. Like he was just this guy. He was yeah, just a yeah, dude yeah. that came to LA to, to try to do it, and then he fucking did it, and which is awesome. And so I see Joe years and years. It's years and years ago, but it's years and years later after this. I hadn't, you know, I really hadn't. He's married to Sophia Vergara now. He's he's True Blood. He's a. That's you know, what I was gonna say. Was it before? It, it, it was is, it was it was post True Blood. Or oh yeah, post- this is just you know 2018. You know 2017. True Blood. I mean, he just exploded with that. Yeah, he, that's what he just kind of launched and. Yeah. Uh, I remember back in the day, he, you know, he, a lot of people know or don't know that he actually has a small feature role in the first Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah right. He's, he's, right. And so he was, yeah. and there was a potential, oh, yes, like he, yes, that was like before, that was before he was like ripped. Oh yeah. Yeah. This is just, this is the Joe yeah. that I hung out with. This is yeah, the guy yeah, I know. Of course, and yeah, then he becomes true blood. And so right. yeah, they go yeah, like, this yeah, is yeah, yeah. Uh, listen, that's an unripped individual as flash Thompson. He was no, uh, you know, he was no Steve Rogers in need of the serum. Okay. No, 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 no. He was no, 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 He's like, dude. He's like, what's dude. mine say? Sweet. What's and, mine uh, say? Oh, I think I know what it was. Was it might have been the uh, the first Beyond Fest screen or the second Beyond of uh, Monster Squad? Like they showed Monfest and Beyond Fest. So I think we're at the Egyptian. If, if I'm and we're like out in the lobby, and I run into Joe, and I'm like, holy shit, it's Joe. And he's like, holy shit, it's Andre. We're like, what's up, man? How's it going? I'm like, what are you doing here? He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I said, what are you doing here? He's like. I'm a huge fucking Muscle Squad fan. 
<laughs> and I'm like, really? What? And you know, this is now that I'm also, this is kind of at the same time I'm doing, um, uh, I did a show uh, that I sold to Nerdist and uh, Legendary Studios called Short Ends and Ryan Lambert and I coast. It was about short films and okay. you know we interviewed the directors and kind of showcased new filmmakers. Right. And I loved that concept. But so like Joe was like hosting D&D games at his house and then like they would podcast it and stuff. And I, because I, I, then I realized that Joe was sort of in this fantasy nerd geek world yeah, that we all he's are. Also but got I was a really, like, he's got a really cool clothing line too. Yeah. And I'm like. And an insanely hot wife. It's uh Yeah. Ex-wife now, unfortunately. But okay. uh, he goes, Still. you didn't know that? I, oh, I said, I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I said, did you just – he's like, dude, I have been a gigantic monster about that my entire life. I was like, Joe, we hung out for years. <laughs> Why did you never mention that? I'm not going to tell you that. that he goes, dude, I'm cool. never going to tell you that. Of course <laughs> I not. just came to tell like in your – he was like, I was yeah. never going to admit that. No. And I was like, wait, what are you talking about? And then he starts going, hey, one of my best friends, Terry Kilman, he's a huge Montreal fan. We watch it at the house. I'm like, can we all go hang out? <laughs> like, stop. Like, yeah. what is happening? So to answer your question, again, in a big tangent story leading up, Joe's a great story like that because I knew him prior, but I never knew. And then he tells me 15 years later that he's mm-hmm. close about. And I had just wrapped on the dock and I was trying to shoot an extra interview just to get Joe with the time. Oh, man. And, and I couldn't make it happen. So that's yeah. sort of the best story of that, you know, to answer your question. But my favorite Monster Squad fan mm. is Ryan Gosling. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. Ken? Huge Monster Squad fan. <laughs> so these are guys that you got to get. So when Kino does this, well, hopefully, they don't want to break it. When they do this standalone, you've got to go get, you've got to talk to those guys. That, that yeah, could be some late. extra kind of interviews that we may get now to put at the front bumper of this yeah. release. And yeah, that, that'd be, I need to talk about that. That'd be great. And I mean, it, you know, I can email Joe or, you know, I can, Dude. I can call Shane Black again and hope. Like, Joe, which of your, which of your, like, you know, Joe, who, do you know anybody else that likes Monster yeah. Squad? Yeah, no, I, I, I it's, it's, yeah. it's a great idea that I've written down as like a dream sheet of going and getting like, hey, let's go put a camera on Gosling. Let's go put a camera on Magnello. Let's go put a yeah. camera on Terrence. Let's get Bill Hader, Terrence Killian, and Keenan Thompson in the same yeah, camera. Yeah, sell a DVD just based and, on that wall <laughs> Blu-ray. And do some upfront, you know, kind of special features. But Jason's right, though. But if you look at it in, in a sense where this is a disc that exists to have special features, technically speaking, if it's too technically impossible to include them into the DVD that are uh, the Blu-ray that are exists, if you have a segment that's only the celebrity people, as a special feature, you could still write it glaringly in the back of the Blu-ray. You could, yeah. Feature, like yeah. all-star Monster Squad fan arama, Ryan Gosling, Joe, yeah. and all that shit. Yeah, I still have the original <laughs> yeah. notebooks that I worked off of yeah. uh, when we were developing the doc and then actually in production that I kept adding awesome people that we need to go get that, that we yeah. learn about. And, you know, when you're flying all over the place, literally flying all over the place and bouncing all over the place, um, you know, schedules and everything you just don't get. So it, it would be kind of cool now that we may have this thing, you know, because like I said, I've already pulled out those working iPhone. It just has to exist. Yeah, I've already pulled out those, those, uh, <laughs> those, those old note lists. You've got to get, look, let Kino do the fucking heavy lifting. They've got the relationships with the studios. They've got people that can do this. They get all, they acquire all kinds of incredible movies. I mean, you know, they, they're what they've been putting out. It's not like, 
and, and like I mentioned to you, there's about four or five people that are doing physical media really well right now. Okay. Yeah. There's Arrow, there's Vinegar Syndrome, there's Shout Factory, but Kino are getting like, they're getting stuff like Serpico. They're getting stuff like mm-hmm. Escape from Alcatraz. You know, they're getting all the, the Clint Eastwood, um, you know, Man of No Name stuff. Like they're, they're getting yeah. really good stuff. Mm-hmm. They're getting Freakins, like, like they're getting good titles. So they can go get you people. So lean on oh, yeah. them. Or I'm gonna like. I can look, I can, no, I can, like I said, this is this is. Joe, just you got a you got a team behind you this now. Is just fairly new. Like I said, I dusted off those lists with the same idea. I was like, this would be amazing. <laughs> yes, yes. But um, but so, seriously, man, um, we've been on for an hour now. I, I know ooh. you've probably got a ton of things to do, but we're just we're we're just. I'm just really I'm appreciative that you took the time to chat with us today, because honestly, somebody who kind of went into it reversed, who had seen the doc because we were chatting, and then got to see the movie. I'm glad I I'm kind of glad I got to to wait to see it on 4K because it really was a great experience to see it the first time that way. And and I do encourage people that who you know if you've not seen it yet um now's a great time to see it because I would imagine this 4K transfer is probably what any streaming service is going to be using now as well, right? You would think so. I would uh, think. You would because think. it exists and right. whether they whether Kino owns it or they did it in partnership with you know, current current actual uh, distribution rights holder for Monster Squad. Um, it's uh, it's it's a great version, yeah. And it should be if it is, it should be the stre- you know should be the streamer version. But you know, the other now that it's cool that you got to see that as the first iteration, yeah. Uh, but now we got to get you, uh, we got to get you in a movie theater with about 130 Monster Squad fans and watch it on uh, 35. Uh, yes. Which and, is a whole and, other experience. And the other thing I, so you, to, to ask a question, um, this is, Kino's got the rights probably for North America, which means there's probably other international releases that are going to happen. Um, you mean for Wolfman? For, for, Monster, for, Squad, for Monster Squad. Would they you know be paired they, with Wolfman? Like, could that, could this pairing happen in another territory? Like, could there be, uh, you know, could there be a German uh, media book release? Could there be, uh, you know, uh, another territory that's going to get this release, like Australia, like I know Imprint, and um, th- there's a bunch of you know great, great um, distributors in Australia. They're doing great physical too. So there are, and what what seemed to unfortunate, like I said, and uh, when we were actually doing losing that deal, the original distribu- acquisition and distribution deal for Wolfman in 19, crossing over into 2020, as we finally got North America with our with the current distributor. Uh, done. Um, our, uh, I didn't realize also at the same time while our sales agent at the time was tanking our, but not on a purpose, <laughs> but, you know, losing our original acquisition deal, they also weren't working on international release. And so yeah. I found that out very late. I had to take over the reins of that. And Wolfman actually has an international sales agency, which is uh, the awesome folks at Raven Banner, which is, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. you know awesome. up, up, up in your neck of and so, you know, you know, uh, Michael and James and all them, you know, they, they've gone and, you know, put it in markets and, you know, they, you know, the prop, what ends up happening, interestingly enough, especially with international distribution, um, is it depends on when your movie says it was re- made and released. And if your movie's old, the value tanks. Yeah, and there's no pre-sales distributors in certain markets aren't interested uh, to give you any kind of upfront or MGs or really do any pushes. By the time we had this whole debacle with the original deal, 
it almost was a year after we festivaled. And then it was almost a year and a half, two years after we festivaled, which means your movie was released. Right. And, you know, you know, James and, and they all, you know, they ran into the same thing. It was like, oh, this is an old movie. It was like, but no one's seen it. I'm like, it doesn't matter. It says 2018. And it's like, yeah, but it's, it's 2020 and 2021. They're like, yeah, but it's old. So the value drops. So it's out there in markets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, you, you know, Arrow is the distributor in the UK for what okay. has gotten art. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but I haven't seen anything about it. I haven't seen anybody talk about it. So I don't know if anybody's actually put it out uh, either on a streamer or anything, because it got to the point where I had to almost, um, sh- sh- you know, shut the work down on that. Cause I was dealing with a bunch of, I was like, okay, if this isn't happening, I just got to let this go. It got to go. Yeah. And I got to let it go. And, uh, but you know, Australia is great. Uh, it's in Australia, New Zealand. They love it. Uh, you know, they have it in Latin America. Uh, you know, Germany actually did do a thing and I met those cats um, and they, they put like a steel, steel book out. It's all in German, which is meta. If you watch Watcher Squad, it's like, Oh, this is, yeah, this is German. Sure. And um, <laughs> you're like, you're, so, you're saying it yeah, wrong. <laughs> yeah, I would have loved to do like a whole thing where I get it, but it took so long to get it. I was going to do like an Instagram and go, this is great. This is, this is German. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that would have, have been fun. And, um, and maybe I still will, but uh, I just kind of really backed away from a lot of it because I was dealing with some other stuff. Right. Um, uh, and I was like, okay, if, it, if, it, if that's, if, it, if that's over, then it's over. And I think because I kind of let that just kind of not tear away and you know, try to push, push, push and try to make something happen. And I just kind of let it go. The universe came back and uh, we had these keynote conversations. Right. And, um, I, it's, you know, it sounds woo woo and crazy, but sometimes that shit happens because it might yeah. come back to you. And, uh, I think this is a cool example. Even if the only thing we get is the companion piece to this 4k release, then Wolfman's getting some physical love and a lot and, of people are saying and it. And it's validation to your documentary. It validates it because it technically it's part of, it's part of monster squad canon now because it's yeah. in a company like it's it's part of that it's not yeah. just this off piece that this guy who was in the movie did it's right. really like no it's it's respected enough to be part of an official release which i think what's going to happen is this is going to happen in other territories where they're going to go well we've got a 4k scan and we've got the we, you know let's let's, <laughs> let's grab that it. other yeah. thing let's put it so hopefully there'll be you know be more of these because suckers like me will buy more of them well, from your mind. mouth to all the international distributors' ears, uh, call James at Raven Banner and make that happen. <laughs> I, listen, well, I, I actually can get a hold of them very easily, so we'll do it. Good. Yeah, I, lo- <laughs> I, I love those guys up there. I, lo- you yeah. know, Raven Banner does good stuff. Uh, you know, you know, it, you know. Ironically, it's tough because the one of my favorite things that Raven Banner ever put out was t- uh, "Tigers Are Not Afraid," mm. and um, which is Issa Lopez's awesome, yeah. weird, supernatural, creepy movie that I saw yeah. years ago. Um, and now she's doing True Detective on uh, on HBO, and, and the everybody's season, loving the new season with the new um, season of True Detective yeah. with Jodie Foster. Yeah, Jodie Foster. And so I'm waiting. I can't wait anymore. Like I'm going to wait till, and then I'm going to watch it all. <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. I'm going to sop it up with a biscuit and just eat the whole thing. You've never seen any? Have you seen any? Have you seen the first couple seasons of it? Uh, yeah, I have, and and um, I revisited season two because I kind of like missed it. Hmm. Uh, season one was great. Uh, true oh, detective yeah. and um you know it's 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 uh, you know it's it's very interesting um you know everybody has their you know their own kind of take on things but i love e6 i think she's awesome and she's just a super nice person and yeah. um I, i'm glad she got that opportunity which is really rad and i hope the success of that allows her to go do 
you know, at least a movie a year for the next 20 years. So it's, yeah. uh, you know, so then we're all better for it. And, uh, you know, I just like, you know, it, it, it's stuff like that. That's, that's just fun and cool. And, um, especially when you know the people and you can circle back or this is kind of a big world, but it's a small world, uh, especially when you yeah. cross over and get to know people and, um, and then you run into people and then, you know, full circle, we talk back like kids we grew up with that are now look at the, look at the circle that, who Kwan has been able to experience and, and enjoy over the last three years with Amazing. everything everywhere all at once. And then now, did, I mean, he's just, he, and he's fantastic in that movie. Yeah. The movie is incredible. I mean, he is absolutely he, fantastic. The movie is amazing. And, and um, he, just, he just appeared out of nowhere again, you know, and, and just put in this performance and it just goes to show it's like, fuck, sometimes it's like riding a bike, but it's a superior performance than he ever did before. It's it's almost like he was mar- his skill was marinating, yeah, I, waiting I, to be. Used I, to I totally agree, and oh, yeah. the the stories you know fascinating. You know, you know the 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 duo that uh, you know made everything everywhere all at once. Uh, but they you know they lived in that world and they were having this character. And I was listening to an, uh, an interview with them on uh, NPR. You know, when they were developing, kind of getting this weird movie together. Yeah. And one of them said, uh, which, and I don't like this, but I understand the sentiment. You know, I wish it had been worded different. He goes, where's short round? And I was like, well, short round's a character in a Indiana Jones movie. The guy you're talking about's name is Kihu Kwan. <laughs> that's where Kihu Kwan is. But it, you know, everybody's, you know, so, you know, people say, where's Sean Crenshaw? I was like, yeah, well, that's a, I'm the guy that played him's right here. Right. Um, and they called him and they came in and he, and he nailed it because they thought that he had not done anything for years. Where he had continued to act. It's okay. tough to transition out of kid and then teenager and then young adult. Uh, and at the time, you know, he, he ran into that. His, his story is fascinating that there were no roles for him that people would give him that were worth anything well, or yeah. even there. And then if they were, it was kind of tropey and, um, you know, almost the, uh, you know, the, the, the tropey characters uh, that he had actually you know, played as a kid, but they, they work as a kid, but not as an adult. And he was like, all right, I guess I'm not, this isn't happening. And so he went, he was like a, he was a stunt coordinator for decades Yeah, and worked in production. And everybody thought he disappeared and was like living in a box under the 405. I was like, no, no, this dude was working in the industry overseas and here. He just had to go and do something else and, and, and garnered a whole other skill set and professional expertise in something. Yeah, which is great. And then these guys call him back, and he comes in, and he absolutely drills, Chills, crushes movie. it, crushes <laughs> it. In, it would have been great just to see his face in something fun. Oh, like Indiana Jones four or five? Yeah, right. <laughs> when you are, yeah. when you have to switch characters in mid sentence because you're, you know, your 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 time shift, you know, you're embodying a different dimension, but almost mid sentence it's hard to play through different characters. Like Peter yeah. Sellers does it in strange love, you know, yeah. fabulously. Yeah. yeah, yeah That's yeah. difficult yeah. too, but to do it in mid sentence. Yeah. No, no, no. He, he absolutely, he got all of the flowers as the kids say now that he should have gotten for that. And it's not hype. No, it's that not. could have very been easily as a big engineered thing. And this nostalgia thing and short round comes back or data comes back and, you know, makes it a thing. And everybody's over hyping this performance. There was no overhyping all that. That was absolutely amazing. And um, I, I'm so proud, like, just to be, I was like, that's just rad to watch. It, it, it's just fun when you see 
a director or, or, or in that case, like a pair of directors, but when, when a director wants somebody and actively yeah. seeks them out. And when Tarantino did the same thing for Travolta in Pulp Fiction, people forget Perfect Travolta's example. character was in the shitter. Like he, he, he yeah. his, his career, not his character. He was in movies with talking dogs. No, I think that yeah. was, no, yeah. I mean, he, he, he just, he just, you know, he really had, he, 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 and I think it's cause he had acted for so long, you know, I mean, like just the stuff yeah, he had done, like, and he, but he, but he had done stuff before Pulp Fiction. He had been yeah. acting for so long. Like, you know, when you think he was in, he was in blowout, like, you know, he was, he was in stuff like a long time ago before Saturday Night Live, like Saturday Night uh, Fever. So, and, and, you know, obviously welcome back hotter and all that. So he had been acting for like, you know, long time. And the fact that he got that second kick of the can, there's a generation that would never understand that that was no. kind of what happened in, you know, the same kind of, same kind of thing. It's a director. It's someone that says, no, I want that guy. And I'll give yeah. you a fabulous example of that, that kind of full circles and brings it back and uh, that's connected here. Yeah. Is the best example of exactly what you're talking about is in the early 2000s. Shane Black hadn't worked. No one had worked with Shane for 10 years after he sold the two highest screenplays in the history of Hollywood. Yeah. And the movies came out and they were, eh, cause he didn't make them. And he had this new script, a buddy comedy crime noir thing. And I, I love it. Cause he told the story at a, at like a, like a meet and greet at the WGA one time. And he had the script and walked it to, Donner and, and, and Warner Brothers and said, I have a new script. So, well, I guess we can get it in there and look at it. They're like, hey, they like it. They want to start developing it. He's like, um, the thing is, I'm directing it. And Shane had never directed before. And Donner's <laughs> studio was like, yeah, no, it's not happening. We're not doing a big studio movie with first time director. And he's like, well, then we're not making this movie. Right. Go fuck off. <laughs> and um, they said, all right, okay, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. And so they, they went down the road and got it down. I was like, okay, you can direct it. And um, he said, and by the way, I wrote this movie with two people in mind as the leads. And they're like, yeah, but we're the studio. We make those calls. And he's like, then we're not doing this movie. And I'm like, all right, who are the two people? Now, remember when this is? <laughs> and he tells Warner Brothers, Val Kilmer and Robert Downey Jr. And at that moment, both of those actors, a la John, it was even worse than Travolta. Mm -hmm. These two dudes were never working again, mm. ever. They were uninsurable. They were not going to be on a set ever again. Yeah. He resurrects both, who are both fantastic actors, by the way. Val Kilmer's a lot more than you think he is in, in any Oh, way. God. He's amazing. And Incredible. Just go watch Top Secret. And then, um, <laughs> and then, mm. uh, this movie comes out and resurrects Robert Downey Jr. from the dead. Not even from the dead. He's dead and in Haiti. He's under the river sticks. He's never coming out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then he's fucking Iron Man. Yeah. 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 And he becomes the highest paid actor ever. And it's like yeah. resur resurrects a career and turns it around all because Shane said, I wrote the script with these two guys in mind. And I want and you to be in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Brought them both back from yeah. the dead. And Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is my favorite yeah. Shane Black movie. Yeah. It's a great, yeah. It's, a, it's a great Christmas movie. It, they all are. They all are. Yeah. I'm surprised Monster Squad wasn't set on Christmas, given the fact that Shane sets most of his stuff on Christmas. But, he does, but I don't think yeah. he had gotten into that quite yet. I think okay, that works on, uh, with, okay. uh, uh, with Lethal Weapon, which yeah. he wrote 
at the same time. <laughs> and it's funny because the, the, the whole, you know, you talk about Val Kilmer and, and of course a lot, you know, now a lot of people know with, with how, you know, after Val, you know, they did the documentary and all that, you know, mm -hmm. where, where he's at and stuff. Um, but you know, Val Kilmer, it was such an incredible actor and still, you know, Oh, I mean, man, yeah. like I, you know, deeper, everyone, level. yeah, deeper level than most. Yeah. Like so many, and not, you know, and yeah, of course he was in the doors and all that, but you know, um, just the, just how, just his performance in heat, you know, like, oh, man, yeah. like just, you feel the pain of that guy. And when he, you yeah. know, that, when he has to, you know, walk away from Ash, Ashley Judd mm. and all that stuff. That's a like, great oh. look. His mouth, you can see it just. Everything. It's just so good. Yeah. So yeah, he's, in, so yeah, I love those stories of, of guys coming back and, um, and, um, let, let me end it off on this. If someone was coming to look for you mm. to and someone said, you know, I want this guy to be in this. What would you, mm -hmm. what would, what would you want to do? Oh man. Damn. That's a great question. And a hard one. I enjoy so many things. And I think there's always something that we all think we can do something that we probably maybe shouldn't, but maybe come up short or something. I'm, I, I would love to do something, uh, you know, really deep or really, you know, kind of impactful, but that almost seems performative. You know, like right. everybody says that. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm a, I'm a funny guy. Like I'm a, I, I like, like I, I would love to do a Shane Black movie where it's serious and it's kind of noir, but there's jokes and then you get to add your own shit. Right. Um, Cause that, if you watch Gosling and nice guys, he's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They are absolutely hilarious. Um, what I would actually love if I had like my ha ha choice, I'd I'd like Shane Black to write Ryan Lambert and I a uh, uh, buddy adventure story, and then we go do okay. that as two actors. That'd be fun because it's we're the odd couple, but we're very similar, but we're not. I'm the you know the straight guy to his you know loose cannon or you know whatever you know yeah. whatever, uh, and that's just us in real life. So it would just work. That would be amazing if I had like a choice. But I'm trying to I'm, I'm trying to get out of the box, right? This is this is something different. Um, you know, if they were making, uh, he's not obviously, but maybe he will because I think this whole thing's bullshit with number ten. But you know, maybe Tarantino and Kill Bill three. Ooh, I would uh, something over the top. You know, something you got to do it right and sharp, but it's maybe over the top or big. Um, and, and you know, those are fun. That that would be kind of cool. So maybe I'm taking, yeah. Um, Maybe Tarantino killed Bill Three. Like, let's do that. Fuck yeah, dude! I want to cast dude, you as a vampire and have dude. a kid fucking stab you as you're being pulled towards a portal. <laughs> and, <be> so <laughs> and I'd be like, nah. Oh, all right. Um, thank you for taking the time to chat, man. I I, I really <laughs> appreciate it. Um, if uh, people have not picked it up yet, go check out uh, the Monster Squad 4K release. You can find uh, Andre's documentary, Wolfman's Got Nards, on here, which is great. And, uh, I mean, honestly, like Ryan and I were saying, three discs, bang for your buck, if you can find it. And if you can find it with a slipcover, because these are going to be gone in the first... Like, that's the thing with Kinos. Everybody that pre-orders them gets a slip, and then all the, you know, the guys after are like, where, where, where's my slipcover? I didn't get one. Yeah. Well, you waited too long because you were <laughs> past the first. And obviously there's, this has gone to a second pressing already because it was so sold out. I mean, it was, yeah. you know, I, I had people that were That's terrified. I was like, Oh fuck. <laughs> <I'm> fucked <laughs> up. <laughs> 
That's why I bought two when it came out again. I was like, never again. But I, uh, but I appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. It's been really, really fun. You're always a great time to, to talk with. You got great stories. And, uh, and man, go get those, go get those interviews. Oh, I know. Like I said, that, that, those notebooks got pulled a while ago. So I'm like, Ooh, now I just got to get on the phone and make it happen. Appreciate you taking the time, man. Yeah, guys. Good to hear from you. Take care. See you next time. All right. Well, there, there you go, folks. That was one of our longest interviews we've ever done. And it's, it is. Up, and, and, it, and it just flies by. It's like one of those interviews where you kind of happened upon it on the internet and you're glad you did. I've yeah. been seeing those all the time when I'm not listening to our own show or editing our show. There are some shows where I'm like, I have a lot to do today. Oh, I have a lot of stuff to design. Then you find this hour long interview with like, you know, Didi Ramon for like 1986. You're like, yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's like one of those days. So very happy that Andre could be on the show and, uh, what a great guy. And also shout out to all the other monster squad fans that we know, including Steph tight from work from Montreal comic-con from work. She's a huge monster squad fan. Yeah. Huge, even a very petite person, but huge fan. And of course, Benner from uh, black Fawn distro and uh, so many, and so many others. So many like, monster squad fans. Yeah. I mean, I know that they're all over, but um, I got to tell you, man, I am a fan. And if you want to check this out, go grab it. Uh, it's uh, released by Kino Lorber. You can find this. I know in Canada, you can find it through unobstructed view. Uh, they're a great um, outlet out of Ontario. And uh, don't forget, this has three discs in it. It's got the Blu-ray, it's got the 4K, and it's got its own standalone disc, Wolfman's Got Nards, the documentary on Monster Squad Mania fandom and everything in between. And it's a great, great doc. So uh, you get all your Monster Squad right here um, through uh, through this disc. So uh, yeah, I, I encourage anyone that is a fan to definitely check this out. Ryan, this has been a lot of fun, and I'm glad we did this. And I'm glad that uh, that we we talked to Andre because he's just wonderful. What a great dude. And I, and I feel we could have just talked all night with that guy, man. Like it's yeah. just, like you said, you know, he's, he's, he's great. He's really, really cool. Um, our thanks to our uh, producer, Julia Kajerski. Thank you to Studio House Designs. Thank you to Heartbeat Hot Sauce, the heartbeat of the Rockman Power Hour. Ryan, be careful. And um, <laughs> thanks to my co-host, Ryan Stick. And thanks to all of you. Please, if you're enjoying the podcast, like, subscribe, hit that subscribe button, like it, share it with your friends, and let us know in the comments what you want to hear more of, uh, who you'd like us to talk to. And uh, we'll be more than happy to try to oblige. And until next time, we'll see you on the Rockman Power Hour.